Hi all. So a while ago on YouTube, I stumbled down a wormhole of small kitchen appliance reviews. As I was looking to buy an air fryer and perhaps maybe a pressure cooker, that's when I stumbled across one of the worst YouTube chefs of all time. His name is Jack Scalfani, as I like to call him. Jack Salmonella Scalfani. I watch video after video of him butcher, sometimes quite literally, recipes. Imagine driving slowly past a multi-car pileup on the interstate. That's my face as I watched him teach the internet how to make partially cooked meals of varying types and taking awful and unneeded shortcuts to recipes that are already quick to prepare. The absolute horror of Jack's lazy man chefing air quote techniques to my boyfriend Tom and now since we can't unsee it we are opening your eyes to it as well I'm Michelle and I welcome you to join us for this horrific journey better known as pink chicken and the lazy man welcome back to pink chicken and the lazy man pink chicken and the lazy man that's right, folks. We are gathered here for yet another episode of Cooking with Jack, Julia in June. This time out, we're going for the Spaghetti Marco Polo episode. We're picking up with, where are we at now? The fourth episode? Because we ended last episode with zero th for three. Yes. The last episode was... Roast chicken. Roast chicken. So we reviewed the meatloaf. We reviewed the litter box brownies. fudge brownies. Yep. Amazing brownies. We did the roast chicken that was still pink. And now we're getting into the real horror show of this series. I think this one's probably the worst for me personally. It's the Spaghetti Marco Polo. In case you haven't joined us before, I am Tom the Lazy Man. I am Michelle Pink Chicken. And what we do is we review the Cooking with Jack episodes. The worst chef on YouTube. The worst cook on YouTube. Whatever. The worst cook on on YouTube. The worst lazy guy on YouTube, whatever he uh, claims to be this week. Whatever absolves him of his laziness is what he goes with. Uh, guys, I'm just a home cook. Guys, I fuck up recipes. Recipes are illegal anyway. Copywriting. You can't copyright a recipe. Can't copyright a recipe. Guys. I know because I'm the jailhouse lawyer of Facebook and YouTube. So I, I what I say goes. We know, Jack. It's we funny we for know. A guy, it's funny for a guy who is offensively so litigious as to copyright strike perfectly valid satire and commentary of his work that would be namely us to the tune of what are we up to 14 strikes now i believe so right but we have an ironclad bulletproof legal theses that, that defeats jack's copyright claims each and every single time now that's theses not feces which is what we're going to be watching here in a moment right <laughs> fecal matter in the form of food exactly um this is probably not one of the higher rated episodes I don't think this one made it to any like Reddit groups or anything like that, but it is awful in its own way. Jack has gone down the rabbit hole of Julia Child recipes, and he seems to be picking ones that A, get him stuff that mommy wife Tammy doesn't usually let him have, like brownies, or things he can't really fuck up that hard, like the cocoa van, like the roast chicken, like the meatloaf, although he does in fact manage to me mess those things up. But what Jack is looking for is what Jack likes, which is slop slop in a bowl, Combine slop in a bowl, Carbs. dump it in a dump meat, lots of meat, lots of bagged, shredded, pre-shredded cheese with all sorts of desiccants and drying agents in it. Slop all of that together in a bowl, dump it in a pan, throw it in his convection oven for 30 minutes at 325 or 350 degrees oven and eat that. To let you know what kind of cuisine Jack enjoys, he has made crack 
chicken, which originally started off life as kind of like buffalo wing dip that you dumped ranch dressing into. Jack has made three, four variants of that. He's made it as a sandwich. He's made it as a spread. He's made it as a dip. He's made it as a dessert topping. He's made it as a floor cleaner. It really should be a soup though, because that's how it turns out every time he makes it. And oh, it's yeah. not supposed to be like that. No matter what recipe he tries, no matter which recipe he fucks up, it never gets to the consistency he's hoping for. This episode is the Spaghetti Marco Polo. We're back in June, Julia oh. in June, which is still weird. It seems like it should be July, but it really should be May. For many different reasons, reasons this was the wrong time for this type of video because Julia Child is a classically trained French chef so one would think that you would want to do this going into the fall when the leaves are changing and the sun is at golden hour it's getting a little chilly but it's not cold yet it's light jacket weather yeah they're more hardier dishes like they're yeah. more comforting to yes. me not to be confused with comfort dudes month that's a different thing that's a different thing behind the Arby's dumpster but there's a lot of very rich cooking in Julia Child's repertoire not um, the thing you want to be doing in a Tennessee kitchen when it starts getting to be late June. As another bad timing element here, as we said the last time, he's bringing up the caboose of the Julia Child's resurgence and popularity train. This man has purchased the Julia Child's cookbooks, and they're not inexpensive. Like the Joy of, or the uh, Volume One and the Volume Two yes. of her cookbook series. Like the if Joy you, of Sex and French Cooking. <laughs> if you look them up on Amazon or any bookseller, Amazon's they could the range. Bookseller left there. True, true, but they could range anywhere from sixty dollars to a hundred, over a hundred dollars, because right. depending on whether you get one book, two books, or you get the set. The gilded edged collector's edition with the Julia Child blow up doll in the back. We all know and love. We all, we all know and love. Right, but there's like different versions of it that have come out over the years. Jack doesn't actually like the previous episodes follow Julia's actual recipe. I just nope. did some research. I don't own the cookbooks, but I did a little, you know, five minute online Google search. This is not Julia Child's original recipe. And this recipe, this Julia Child's Spaghetti Marco Polo, actually has a unique television history. Tell them where we first saw this broadcast, Big Chicken. Well, there were two videos I could find her cooking with Chef Brockett and Mr. Rogers on Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. And the reasoning behind this was it was a very easy dish for a child to throw together or for right. a family to, to make together. It's not boring. It, it's not the regular spaghetti and meatballs that you have every single week. It changes up the flavors a little bit. It gives you like a little bit of variety of ingredients. One might say a little haute cuisine. And also this is Fred Rogers, classic staple of PBS, meeting Julie Chow. Child's classic staple of PBS. Her recipes aren't really known for wild ingredients. Her recipes are more known for the technique to take simple ingredients, make them really hearty, and combine them in tried and true ways in classical French cooking. So she does this spaghetti Marco Polo recipe, which is basically you're taking just cooked pasta, which the children's parents could easily have prepared for them because it's just boiling water. But you let that cool off a little bit, and then you add this cool mix of ingredients to it. This, this unexpected blend of flavors that commingle and create a new sensation. Unless you fuck it up. The best way I could describe this looking at it would be like almost like a spaghetti alla olio. Pasta alla olio. You're just tossing it in olive oil and you're using some butter, herbs and like a little bit of spice and the cheese on the top. And it's yes. very simple. It's like peasant food almost but it's so comforting and delicious for the few amount of ingredients that you have in it. It's great. I love it. I've seen 
seen pasta dishes done with a walnut sauce. Here she puts in freshly toasted walnuts. I've seen pasta dishes done with a pesto, your classic pestos that are done out of olives. Here you just put the black olives in and pimento. In her recipe, not in Jack's recipe, Jack somehow substitutes sun-dried tomatoes for the pimentos that's in the classic yeah, it, recipe. It gets a little confusing partway through because he, he mixes up roasted red peppers and red uh, sun-dried tomatoes at right. one point. I mean, they do kind of look similar, but completely kind of different. In There's way. just as much word salad going on here as there is pasta oh. salad. <laughs> we're going to take you into this video. This premiered about seven months ago. Like we said, these were all ostensibly done in June. There is about 4,400 views on this. So this is about Jack's typical popularity. He was getting about 4,000 views per video last year. There's no cringe kicker here. Normally when Jack up a recipe he'll get like 12 to 15,000 views because of the cringe kicker you remember the Cronenberg and things like the that. The fat stalactites. Yes, the fat stalactites. <laughs> Which uh, we all know and love. Uh, but, uh, we just watched the uh, reaction video. Chef Brian Sow, great YouTube chef, has discovered the horror of Jack's cooking. And August the Duck August uh, are the now getting uh, back on the Uncle action. Roger. They're all, they're, he's getting hit in many right. different directions and it's causing stress in his life. That's what we like to call the cringe kicker. Yes. So Jack's now taking it from many angles. <laughs> RB dumpster joke right there. <laughs> Jack's taking it from from different sides here from the uh, YouTube culinary community. Every once in a while, Jack gets rediscovered and everybody's like, oh my God, I forgot how horrible this is. With that in mind, let's start the video. We got to get the YouTubulators out, don't we? We do. Dust off your YouTubulators. We are going to hit play here. Synchronize your YouTubulators. We are hitting play in five, four, three, two. All right, back in the Scalfani kitchen, we're ducking and dodging the cooking with Jack lettering Remember as it's coming in from the frame left. The five Ds of text dodging, dodge, duck, dip, dive, and dodge. <laughs> oh, and then the blank stare into the camera. And so we're in this weird period. I think this is around the time when Bitmoji caught on that Jack was using their logos without permission because he's wearing a big check mark across his chest, which I guess is the Nike logo, but it looks really like. If you're from the Northeast section of the United States, you're familiar with a discount clothing store, a discount clothier called Foreman Mills. Foreman Mills gets the seconds and the cast-offs of the clothing industry. Stuff they put on the shelves of the big department stores that just didn't sell, or seconds. Shirts with stitching flaws or graphic design misprintings. That's what Jack's shirt looks like here because the Nike swoosh is typically not held at this angle. This looks like somebody like tried a it. Mark, yeah, almost. This, somebody's like, oh, let me try this design. It's kind of like a paisley design. Going from his, what is ostensibly his left shoulder, house right, his left, down to what should be where his midsection is, but he's just, you know, just stretched over the gunt. The shirt is so weird. I, I wanted to take a pause and like he's starting to get more more and more creative, I, I want to say, with what he's wearing because he can't wear his own merch anymore because it's all been allegedly cease and desisted from his store. Which has caused him to go in other more creepy, cringe directions with his clothing, but we'll, we'll get into that later. He's literally putting a photorealistic version of his face on these bucket hats that he thinks he's going to bring back, he's going to single-handedly bring back into fashion. It's bizarre. And he wears them out in public too, which is even more weird. Imagine going into a fashion food restaurant and seeing a guy there talking into his phone with the light on so you know he's recording himself and you notice 
His shirt has a picture of him on it. His hat is a different picture of him. On the back of his hat is yet another picture of him. And you begin to say to yourself, this is either the most inept self-promotion I've ever seen, or as we believe one Arby's manager put it, this is a special gentleman. <laughs> We cannot leave the special gentleman go. We cannot. Nope. Because nope. he thinks it's a compliment, which is hysterical. <laughs> yes. So we paused the video before we even really got into it. Right. We're paused right here at the 57 second mark. That's how far into the video we got to go on that little tirade. To let you know, we are back in the, looking back at the frame now at the 57 second mark. We are back in the Skelfani kitchen. We see cafe sign. We see you steam glove. We see you ninja foodie. In the back, we see the pop top containers, which he has yet to rail against. He'll get rid of these in a later episode this year. The pop-top horde. Yes, indeed. <laughs> Which he will ostensibly claim to gift to his son and then take back. He's arranging his opinion of what these spaghetti Marco Polo ingredients will be. Your opinion is not in the recipe, lazy man. Uh, well, he's covering up the sign behind him, oh. so I, I, it can be now. Oh, as long okay. as he's hidden the sign, oh. I can have my opinion oh. in the recipe. But the recipe is fucked up because doesn't reference the sun-dried tomatoes. He calls them roasted red peppers. There's a can of tomato paste in his pile of ingredients here, which is not actually in this recipe. He'll apologize for that in a couple minutes. We see two bags of gray to value the Walmart store label version of pre-cut, pre-shredded, desiccated, agent-added uh, Parmesan cheese. If you know anything about Julia Child, if you had to think about it, how could I honor, if that, if ostensibly, if you take Jack at his word and say, ostensibly, how can I honor this woman who meant so much to television cooking, which Jack is some weird step cousin of. How could I honor her? Well, let me do exactly what she would do. She would source the local farmers markets and boulangeries and cheese shops and find the best wheel of Pecorino Romano or Parmesan and she would have it cut so she could freshly grate it on the pasta. Not Jack. Sends mommy wife Tim down to the Walmart and get me the cheapest bag of cheese you could possibly get. Looking up the recipe as Jack makes it, there is a blog that has exactly the ingredients to the tea that he has and it's called 12tomatoes.com. Now here's what they're calling for. Half a pound of spaghetti. Now it as anyone knows here, he has a whole pound of spaghetti. Yep. He's not going to cook a half a pound of spaghetti. He's throwing the whole box in because double batch. He makes special note of saying, guys, we're only using half the box. Guys, we're only using half the not box. Not when you see it in the bowl. <laughs> right. And as anybody, a longtime viewers of the Cooking with Jack show, Jack always doubles the recipe. We have never seen him cut a recipe in half. No. Except for the reverse cowgirl tuna salad. Now, when he doubles a recipe and you take a double of each ingredient, not him. That's not usually how Jack doubles something. He right. doubles the ingredients he likes, and then the ones he doesn't like, he only puts in singles. So the recipe never comes out quite as it should. The walnuts, the black olives, roasted red peppers are here. Parsley, basil, garlic, olive oil, ah. salt and pepper, and Parmesan, two cups of Parmesan cheese. So the recipe he's ripping off calls for the roasted red peppers, but mommy wife Tim didn't buy them for him. So that's why he's using the sun-dried tomatoes. But because he's stealing that other person's recipe, he's reading off of the screen. That's why he thinks he's calling these roasted red peppers because that's not in Julia Child's recipe. 
That's in the recipe Jack is using. Right. What he's got in front of us is the olives. He's got the walnuts. He's got the spaghetti. He's got... Spices. The spices, yeah. He's got the, I guess, roasted red peppers. Gummy garlic. No, no, no. He's got sun-dried tomatoes. Oh, sun-dried tomatoes. But he keeps making the mistake throughout the video. He keeps referring to them as roasted red peppers because A, that's what he stole the recipe from, and B, that's what he thinks he should be using, but he doesn't realize, oops, I made an oopsie. I don't have roasted red peppers. I am substituting sun-dried tomatoes. So this recipe is already off the rails. We get to the point where he's like, oh, I forgot an ingredient. And we're like, what? What, what else could possibly go into this? And it's the Parmesan cheese. The Parmesan cheese, he has two bags of. As Lazy Man said, it was the pre-shredded Great Value brand. So you know it's quality. Like he didn't even splurge for a better brand of the pre-shredded stuff. But he has two bags of that. I know this just because I've cooked for so long for so many people who have different dietary needs and likes and everything. One of those bags is usually two cups. And this that's all that the, the original recipe as written by 12 Tomatoes, not Julia Child, is calling for two cups. So it would be one of those bags. He has two, which means he has four cups of cheese. Right. We're at the point now where he's almost making like mac and cheese like yeah. with it. I know it's not going to really melt as well as like... Well, again, Jack underhandedly takes a look at the recipe and goes... Oh, I don't really like black olives. Eh. I don't really like sun-dried tomatoes. I don't really like roasted red peppers. What do I like? I like pasta and cheese. Right. So Jack is surreptitiously quadrupling the amount of cheese, which in the original, if you watch Julia Childs make this with Mr. Rogers, like we did, hardly a sprinkle of Parmesan cheese. Because she knows it's such a strong, nutty, bitter flavor, it's going to knock out all those other and, flavors. And very salty, too. Yeah. Like, you really can cut back on the salt when you put something like that in Are there. Are you saying Jack might use too much salt in some of his recipes? Oh, well, We'll get there. Oh, we'll, <laughs> we'll get there. We're gonna hit play again at 111-ish. He rants a little bit here at the beginning before he gets, he brings you in close to look at all the ingredients, which we just described. Jack could opt here, go to an olive bar and pick fresh olives. Right. Uses two cans of the canned olives, the canned pre-sliced black olives. Right. Which I don't know if you know this, there is a flavor difference. They taste very tinny to me when I when I get them out of the can. Now there are reasons why you might use one or the over the other, but in this instance, I would not use those. Olives, green, black, kalamata, or otherwise have never agreed with the lazy man's yeah, sensitive, delicate palate. Not a fan. So I'm not a fan of olives. He's not a fan. There is a noticeable difference between canned pre-sliced olives and the stuff that you can get fresh. You'll just have to take my word for it. From a production value standpoint, this is some of Jack's worst video making ever. It, everything is really purple and like bluish tint to it right. it's like blown out or something it just doesn't look great the nearest i could tell is so jack has two led lighting instruments that he sets up this was the period of time in 2022 where he forgot where to put the left hand element so his video is strongly being lit by one side and this is also where I, I don't know if his camera lost its settings but the white balance is really off and he left both the auto iris and the auto white balance setting on which causes mayhem with the image quality so you're going 
going to see when we get a when we get close into the pan here. You're gonna see all sorts of artifacting going on. He moves from the counter over to the stove and he shows him toasting the nuts with the flame up way too hot. Yes. For literally five seconds, that's all you see. And then they're gone. Right. So something happened there and we, we'll see that later. And then after that, he dry roasts those walnuts, dumps them out and then refills the pan, the skillet with, he says four tablespoons of olive oil, but no. I, it, I don't think it's that much. The pan is rip roaring hot. And the um, olive oil starting to like burn a little bit. We're going to pause it here at three minutes and 38 seconds to take a look at this. Because if you look into that pan of olive oil where he just dumped three quarters of a cup, the instant that oil hits the pan, it is boiling. Yeah, it's it shimmering. Yeah. Like you're you're supposed to let it shimmer or like smoke a little bit. And olive oil, it's not like meant to high fry something. You can burn olive oil. It changes the flavor profile of it a little bit. It's way too hot. Well, it and burns. It gets a burnt taste. The answer here is turn down the fucking flame. You know, if he saw that the pan was that hot for the nuts that, I don't want to spoil it, but burned. We'll see that in a minute here. Maybe switch out pans. I, I don't know. Like, and then put the other one in the sink. And I don't know what the answer is here, but th whatever he did here is wrong because whatever he did to the nuts he does even worse to the garlic he, he just basically halves the gummy garlic cloves which are an interesting color right I, I don't know if i could describe to you the color of this garlic they're like beige <laughs> and that's not what fresh garlic looks like right it's it's like i don't know what the hell he does like we said that he frozen unfrozen refroze it yeah that's possible but like even in this circumstance i think of garlic when i'm going to use it like in an application like this the Goodfellas, where he's slicing it with the razor blade to get the thin slices. Yes, that's how you. The that's how you want it here. Invisible. Man-sized wad. They're huge, and as if everything that we just described wasn't egregious. He gets to the part where you're supposed to bloom the spices in the oil. Now, if you're reading the Twelve Tomatoes recipe version of this, it says fresh basil, which you wouldn't put in until the end, and fresh parsley. He puts in an anthill-sized amount of dried I don't know what it's you can't really tell what's in there I'm guessing they're Italian seasoning parsley oregano maybe but there is a lot of it there is what did you think a third of a cup I think it's even more than that yeah so he uses in this recipe he's using a lot of his cheap little plastic cereal bowls like these are breakfast cereal bowls so that's like man maybe 10 12 ounces so he's filled one of those to heaping with essentially what is just parsley oregano and some onion powder I think but it's mostly just parsley and oregano and he dumps that into that rip-roaring, screaming hot pan of oil that now has the burnt garlic in it. Because he even says, oh, I shouldn't brown the garlic. Well, I browned the garlic. So he turns off the flame, but leaves the pan on the stove. Right. When you're, If you're going to do that, move it to a burner that's not on. Almost 18 I mean, years of cooking experience yeah. on YouTube still doesn't know that controlling the heat means more than controlling the burner. But the thing is, once you burn garlic, there's no coming back from that. It's like you have to start completely over because it gets really bitter and gross. But Jack's just a lazy guy. Guys, I'm the lazy man. I'm, I'm just a home cook. All these little bloopers and mistakes, that's what home cooks always do, right guys? He doesn't quite incinerate the garlic, but the spices start to incinerate to the point where I would I would just dump it and start over if it was me. Right. If this happened to me. It's not like he doesn't have a 55-gallon drum of oregano flakes there from Sam's Club. We're at, at the next part. This is when Jack was doing his reverse camera angle. Some new stuff. 
This is Jack's homage to Julia Child. And one of the things that if you watch the HBO series Julia, they mention one of the innovations that Julia Child brought to her cooking show, brought to you by the fine folks of uh, Boston Public Television, WGBH, is they introduced a mirror in near the ceiling of the studio so the camera guy could actually point the camera up, but we would get an angle of what's actually going on in the mixing bowls. Jack has aped that shot here, but he forgets himself because that's a mirrored shot. So everything on the left-hand side of the frame is gonna appear on the right-hand side of the frame. So if you have anything with writing, or uh, depending upon how you usually wear your watch, unless you go into your editing software and flip the image back, people are gonna know you're shooting into a mirror. We know he's shooting into a mirror. Honestly, it's not a bad idea for him. Like this wasn't terrible, but it was poorly executed, just like all of her recipes that he's done so far. Well, the other part is people who got into the YouTube cooking game way after Jack have come up with it. Babish uses the shot like this and the cooking guy uses a shot like this. Almost all big YouTube chefs do the over the shoulder shot. They figure out some way to do it. Small camera, high tripod, little monopod on the desk, tabletop monopod to shoot down. Jack goes almost two decades of doing this before he just rips off Julia Child's idea. I believe either A, he's mounted the camera above that island that he's got going on there, either pointed it down there, because that's a lot of work to reset shots for Jack, who's one arm. May have conned mommy wife into getting like a smaller camera. I know he was- Thinking upon it now, that might be why the camera settings are so off, because he's been having to muck with it. I know he was testing some small cameras for tech time over the summer too, so I don't know if that, I, yeah, I'd have to go back. Those up and return them. Yeah, I don't know if I'd have to go back and like look at the timing. I don't know right. if that's that's that camera or not, but. Speaking of timing, we're picking back up at four minutes and 30 seconds with this weird overhead shot and he is dumping in his ingredients. And thank God we get the overhead shot because you can see how just burnt to a fuck every ingredient he has. He's got four bowls here and not a one of them, not a one of them looks appetizing. He's got a bowl of black olives. He's got too many black olives. He's got the bowl of walnuts. The walnuts are burnt. He's got the bowl of burnt offerings to the cooking gods that I guess at one time was his gummy garlic and anthill of oregano. That's just incinerated. That is, that is a crematorium of spices. And then he has the spaghetti, which by the way, he has not controlled the temperature of. He put a fuck ton of olive oil in with the spices and the garlic. Didn't put a, a tablespoon. All you need is a tablespoon of olive oil in the pasta. Is that typically advised for a hot pasta dish? I know some people put oil in their water to keep the spaghetti from sticking. That's not typically advised if you're doing a hot pasta dish. But for a dish like this, that's gonna be served at room temperature or a pasta salad, it's okay to drain the pasta and add a tablespoon or two of olive oil. Jack doesn't do that. So his pasta clumps together. The olives particularly bother me because one can would have been more than enough. Also, she was attacked by a can of olives as a child. No, but one can would have been enough, but also I would have rinsed and drained them right. like really well because you get that black residue and it's gonna tinge the rest of the pasta with that like gross tasting black water and right. it's like it's not appetizing looking it may or may not taste good but i feel like those ones from a can taste tinny and that's why i'd rather use the the actual fresh ones i have no opinion on the matter i hate all olives. i know i know he's an equal Which opportunity olive hater so we're as italian as i am i'd like to extend the olive branch why? I hate them. That, that would inflame me. It's like the movie Mars Attacks when they don't realize that the Martians are afraid of the birds and they view it as an act of war. Little known Tim Burton film fact. And we're back to the video. Four minutes and 48 seconds. 
Uh, he's dumping in the remains of the spices. He's dumping in his red roasted peppers, which are actually sun-dried tomatoes. He even puts up a fuck balloon. He puts up a I fucked up balloon in the middle of his video, which is very rare for him to say, oh, these aren't sun-dried. These are sun-dried tomatoes. These aren't roasted red peppers. <laughs> now, I'm a goofball. Now, as one could imagine, with then, tossing pasta with one arm is yeah. not an easy task. But the bowl Especially seems... Especially when it's congealing and sticking. The bowl seems a little too small for all the ingredients. Two... Maybe not the right utensil, tongs. I don't know if I would use that. I would probably use a pasta fork, like right. one of those that you stir the pasta with. Well, normally you want to get you want to get two macaroni forks to do this, or even two dinner forks together. So I could imagine Jack strapping on some type of apparatus to his head to hold one of the forks while his functioning <laughs> arm works them together. And he drools into the Yes, hand. exactly. <laughs> Bopping his head like the beluga whale at SeaWorld. It kind of re shape resembles tossing the pasta. At this point, um, Five yeah, minutes and 12 seconds. it's cool. The pasta is cooled off too much because he's been fucking around for too right. long. Now he kind of realizes that. So he expedites the process of dumping the avalanche of cheese. Cheese avalanche. Yes, indeed. Bruce Valanche's cousin. Indeed. Here we are, five minutes and 21 seconds, and he is struggling. Jack is on the struggle bus. He is driving it into sticky pasta cheese town because that, <laughs> that desiccant laden baggage cheese is not melting because the pasta is too cold and it's not combining because it's sucking up all the moisture. It's sucking all of the Which remaining is, water I'm of the just pasta, the remaining I'm, I'm amazed that there's any liquid left in this. Right. Very honestly. Parched, parched pasta. Yeah. Marco, it's parched Marco Polo pasta. So. He's parched this Polo pasta. And then he points out now we've. You should have gone for a profile pizza party. We, we've pointed. He's pointing out here. He's got a pasta bowl and it says pasta in it. Right. This is the pasta bowl that he bitched about after they made the big move from. Uh, California. California to Tennessee and the movers broke everything. Now, right. this was a while ago. Like, this is 2014, 2014 land. This was a bowl that was very special to him. Honestly, it looks generic. Like the, it looks like the Dollar General pasta bowl you'd expect. Lazy Man has a set of bowls that say bowl on them. <laughs> We've gone through on this show before my love affair with dollar stores where you have your Dollar General, you have your family dollar, and then you have your Dollar Tree. And it's mom and pop indie single shingle variants of the 99 cent stores as they used to be called but the, the Dollar Tree store is my favorite because that's where you find the oddball items the white elephants if you're familiar with the term and I found these two chowder bowls uh, French onion soup crocs with two little handles on them each and instead of saying soup or instead of saying chowder they say bowl <laughs> So it's a bowl. It's a bowl labeled bowl. So this is what this reminds me of, and it cracks me up. But it's very special to him for some reason. I don't know if it was his mom's or his mom gave it to him. I'm not really sure. He's trying his damnedest with his one little set of tongs and his one little set of arms to mix this pasta, and to it make just it ain't look, working. To make it look appetizing. Right. To film it in an appetizing angle, and there just is not one. Right. Because of the burnt elements in it. So he dumped both of those packets of cheese into a bowl, and then he dumped the cheese on top of the pasta. That's four cups of dime bag quality Parmesan cheese. Yeah, he didn't even spring for like Kraft, like um, the thick cut Parmesan right. ones that you see. No, he didn't get any of that stuff. He got great value great value right out the door awesome and in addition to that he didn't get to use all of it so there was a little bit left in the bowl he made sure he transferred it to the larger pasta bowl and used that last little quarter cup of cheese he got all 
four cups into that pasta. The time on the clock on the stove, 10 o'clock in the morning. Yes, as he started cooking. So he's doing this again. My supposition is that mommy wife Tim, Jack's wife Tammy, we call her mommy wife Tim. There's a whole backstory. Kind of makes Jack because Jack doesn't have a full-time job. Jack is a content creator, but Jack is a boomer content creator. Jack wants this to be a nine to five job, or at least mommy wife Tim wants it to be a nine to five job. Now she has a real day job. She's an office manager. She's a bookkeeper. We believe that she's the brains behind the operation of the Cooking with Jack show. Because if you will notice when Jack talks about it, he first refers to himself as the host. And tonight I divined with uh, Pink Chicken. I said, you know what? We've been hearing Jack call himself the host of his own cooking show, even though it's just him in his kitchen or his real kitchen. It's not a set. And I said, do you think that when Jack, because Jack never has an original thought of his own, do you think Jack calls himself the talent? The Jack, hey, I'm the, I'm the, I'm Jack Scalfani, the host of the Cooking with Jack show. Do you think that came as a result of an argument with mommy wife Tim when she put him up against the wall with her finger and said, no, bucko, I run the books for your little stupid YouTube cooking show. It's my show. You're just the host. And this has stuck with Jack. And he's like, I'm just the host, guys. I'm just a guy in my kitchen. I'm just the host, guys. Is that because mommy wife Tim at one point reminded him who wears the pants? I'm sure she does that at least once a day. In this case, I don't know. Probably at least once. It's Jack. You gotta get annoyed with him at least once a day. We're into the video at six minutes and 20 seconds. Uh, the white balance is off because he left it on auto and he's been mucking with the camera because he's been moving into all his new and exciting camera angles. He has placed the giant pasta bowl on top of his giant cutting board. There's crap all over the cutting board. There's crap on the stove. Mommy wife Tim is going to have a big mess to clean up when she gets home. Now, I've read two other recipes. Now, I told you about the 12 tomatoes, which is the one we believe he's following, which is not really Julia Child's recipe. Now, on taste of home and also on a Meredith cooking blog, Julia Child's recipe actually varied a little bit in the ingredients department and hers included, it did have the walnuts, it did have the black olives, it had chopped green onion, it had grated Swiss cheese. Oh, not it, Parmesan. It had red pimento, which are just like not little- Not roasted red pepper or sun-dried tomato. Nothing. They don't really have a flavor, I don't think. Olive they are oil. good in a party cheese salad. Olive, <laughs> olive oil tuna fish tuna fish for the protein chopped parsley so i'm assuming that means fresh butter salt and pepper and that's it her recipe is similar to a classic french salade nichoise where you have tuna, you have olive, you have pasta, which was what she was kind of going for with the spaghetti Marco Polo, I guess. This is probably a little bit more modern take on it because the pimento, I don't know how many people really use pimento these days. They're stuffed in olives. So maybe if you just get the green olives instead of the red olives, like well, the- I like to make a nice pineapple jello and throw the pimentos in there with some <laughs> celery and some green bell pepper and lay it over with 64 slices of pre-wrapped American cheese. Throw that in the freezer, come out with it and boom. That's not just a cheese salad. That's a cheese salad party brought to me by my Aunt Myrna. Hey, look, the video's going again. We're <laughs> at six minutes and 29 seconds. Uh, we've actually, we're watching the video with the sound off of it. So we're watching Jack talk on uh, closed captioning because this is one of the videos where YouTube actually auto-inserted closed captioning for him. So he's apologizing for his many, many mistakes with this recipe and he's going to take a bite. One thing I wanted to point out with the walnuts, which was supposed to toast. I've seen some other Italian chefs. I think Marianne Esposito made peasant pasta, Italian peasant pasta, where she used some sort of nuts as like almost like a top 
topping, like yep. like you would use like breadcrumb. They weren't huge hork and chunks like that. She put them through a food processor right. and blended them so they were almost like powdered. Right. Italian cooking isn't a monoculture cuisine. Because the geography of Italy is so rugged, you get these tall mountains, these craggy peaks, and these deep, narrow valleys. And what happens is the people in the valleys all develop their own recipes. So while you get the general list of ingredients, pastas, tomatoes, herbs, every little village, every little valley in Italy makes their food in a different way. And they all think they're right and all the other valleys are wrong. So your Nepalese is different from your Napoleano, your, Ven your Venetian, your Coppola, your, your, your Sardinia, all of these places. Everybody made Rome makes it, you know, Roman pizza is different from the pizza you get in the north and different from the pizza you get in the south. Even in your American pizza joints, there's two or three different kinds of pies. You got your Sicilian, you got your Napoleon, Neapolitan. It's all different. Jack messes up all of them. We have uh, frozen the video here at six minutes and 42 seconds. Jack has tendrils of sticky cold pasta hanging out of his <laughs> mouth. Not unlike some of the infected on HBO's series, The Last of Us. A beluga walrus. Right. <laughs> it's like he's been he looks like he's been infected by the cordyceps virus. We get a jump cut because he realized he's got food dropping out of his mouth. He's basically now extolling the virtues of his creation. He's lying. He says it's amazing twice. I don't see him eating this. There's it's a whole plate of it. It's ready at like 11 o'clock in the morning. This is not lasting through the rest of the day. It's either Everybody getting tossed. Everybody knows how weird pasta gets. Yeah. No matter how well you do it. Reheating it the next day is always kind of sketch because right. it's either going to turn out really hard or it's going to turn turn out really soggy. Most professional chefs know if you're doing pasta for the dinner hour, you parboil the pasta a little bit and then you leave it in the water so it never dries out, it never clumps, it never sticks together. And then when the dinner hour comes, you boil it the rest of the way. Jack does not know anything about how a professional kitchen runs. He's just a guy in his home, in his kitchen. He's just the host of the Cooking with Jack show. And all he's going on about here, it doesn't mention the sun-dried tomatoes. All Jack talks about here is how much he loves the cheese the on the cheese. pasta. That's probably the only thing Thing, the recipe. That's probably the only thing you can taste because using that much Parmesan, it's all pure salt. It's like a salt lick at that point. Plus he added salt, I'm assuming to the water and maybe the pasta on top because he did have that salt container yeah. sitting beside the rest of the, the and, ingredients. And Jack doesn't season anything. Jack over seasons to fuck everything. So what was the worst part of this for you? Like which, because it was bad all the way throughout. What yes. do you think was the worst? Oh, the walnuts. It's not so much that Jack doesn't understand how to add the walnuts to it. He doesn't understand all the little subtle techniques that Julia Child, the reason why she would put the walnuts in there. First of all, she's going to finely chop them. Then she's going to roast them just to the point because what you're trying to do is you're trying to get that walnut oil to express out of those little pieces of walnut meat. You don't want walnut croutons, which is what Jack adds here. You want those walnuts almost to disappear. Maybe add a little bit of slightly firmer texture than the pasta, but you, you want the walnuts to be as soft and the pasta to be as firm as each other so they kind of disappear and very high-end Italian cooking you've got a couple walnut sauces I've seen people cook with walnut oil before it imparts a nutty flavor kind of like a sesame oil I guess that's where the Marco Polo thing comes from they're calling it spaghetti Marco Polo 
Marco Polo was an Italian explorer who ended up in China for like 30 years, claimed to be a governor there. That never happened. The Chinese keep meticulous records. We watched a video on it. Marco Polo was never governor. But he was kind of like the, the pet Caucasian of the Chinese Emperor Kublai Khan. The story goes that Marco Polo was the guy that taught Italians to love noodles. So your Chinese noodles, which China has a huge millennia-long obsession of making hand-drawn noodles, Marco Polo brought Chinese noodles to Italy and boom, that's how you get spaghetti and meatballs. Jack knowing none of that, one could see that Spaghetti Marco Polo with the walnut oil is kind of taking the Italian peasant dish of spaghetti back to its Chinese roots of noodles with sesame oil. That was another good point because he did ramble on at the beginning of the video rather than doing any, any research, which yes. we did like a little research, but we didn't go really in depth with it because we just didn't have, have the time really. But we've done more research here right. than he did because he's like, I don't know. I think Marco Polo invented spaghetti or something. Teehee. I don't know. Look it up and tell me I'm right. wrong in the comments. Jack is inviting you to watch him cook and learn along with him, which he never ever does. We invite you to laugh and deride with us, but I think we're way more informative because we're making fun of him. We are more... We are more informative in our satire than Jack is with his original content. I really want to know, I mean, I don't think it's my worst, the worst part for me, but th what went wrong with that dump of spices? That was a really lot and none of them were fresh. And yeah. every recipe that I've read says to use fresh basil or parsley, some kind of green to like to get the freshness into it. Right. He used all dried stuff, which is already like kind of concentrated. He used which so he much of had, it. He might have had an inkling that all of the recipes called for fresh herbs and he only had dry herbs. So somewhere in his head, the synapses misfired and said, oh, I know what I'll do, Jackie. This is clever. I'll put it in the hot oil with the garlic and it'll bloom the spices. Yeah, right. Nope. Anything that was cooked in that pan, I think, failed. The walnuts failed, yep. the garlic failed, right. and the spices. These are Jack's famous rock pans, which he claims to love so much. He doesn't know how to control the flame. I'm constantly... And also, they're really fucking cheap pans. I'm constantly fucking with the flame. Right. And you said like, they have a concave bottom. Turn up, turn down, turn up, turn down. Just right. like to get, I'll be like, okay, it's not heating up fast enough. Now it's too hot. Okay, turn it down. Like I'm constantly fucking with the flame yes. just to make sure I don't burn or undercook something. Well, you were obsessed with Jack's bottoms. Uh, this was a total fail. So so now we're ending this video. This is the fourth in the series, zero and four. Right. I forget what's next. This is a Russell Stover's fine milk and dark assorted mix of fails. This Julia in June series. Because you see Jack fail with meat. You see Jack fail with poultry. <laughs> you see Jack fail with side dishes. Yep. You see Jack fail with desserts. It's a cornucopia of fuckitude. The next episode cornucopia of fuckitude. The next episode next. is going to be Julia Child's Coco Vaughn. Oh, and Coco that's Vaughn. that's the one that we actually think that he didn't completely mangle. He actually because it's very hard. It's very. It's a stew. How can right. you fuck up a stew? It's he's braising. You, you braise chicken and wine. Uh, Which, if anything, would help Jack to cook chicken through because obviously he has no clue how to do it without liquid. Well, and so. because you use a red wine, no matter what happens, that bowl's gonna be full of pink chicken. And for once in Jack's life, pink chicken is a-okay and acceptable. 
Bowl. Speaking of Pink Chicken, we thank you for joining us here on this episode, and we gladly invite you to join us every 2 p.m. on Saturday for Pink Chicken and the Lazy Man's live stream on YouTube called The Boys Club. Woo! Don't forget we have Facebook, Twitter, obviously the YouTube. Give us a like and subscribe. Right. Subscribe if you're Jack. Join um, our secret Discord club. Our, our secret Discord club. We don't have a Patreon, but if you see us, you can throw money at us and we'll appreciate it. Yes, especially change. Yes. Definitely throw change at us. Whip yes. it at us. Yes. yes. Big Kennedy half dollars. Yeah. Doubloons or Spanish pieces of eight. Or you could put them in a sock and just beat them. Beat us with them on the side of the road. <laughs> That's a separate discussion. Behind the Arby's dumpster. Yeah, behind the Arby's dumpster. If you see us there. Over Macho Grande. Yes. We should get out of here. We should get out of here. I'm Pink Chicken. And I'm Tom the Lazy Man. <laughs> and we are... Pink Chicken and the Lazy Man. <laughs>